This week, it's the Grey Cup hangover, Argo's personnel moves, and we've got the 2022 schedule. Crack those beers, it's the Argo's Fancast. You can find us at Argo's Fancast, or anywhere you find your friend in the neighborhood podcast, just search Argo's Fancast, or go directly to the argosfancast.podbean.com. I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at all kinds of clay on the Twitter and Instagram machines. And joining us as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com. He is the VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Good evening, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And from the double blue border, Sir Douglas of House Valentine, second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. Oh boy. Excuse me, we're coming off a beautiful Sunday. You can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find my group, The Double Blue Order, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Double Blue Order. On Twitter at Double Blue Order. On Instagram at The Double Blue Order. Get your Double Blue Order merch. DoubleBlueOrder.ca, including the Law Firm t-shirt. <laughs> oh. Well, there was a great cup game played on Sunday. Did I mention Hamilton lost? No, you didn't actually. Yet. I mean, you've probably mentioned it on several other medias, but not this one yet. Hmm. Well. Hamilton lost. Yes, karma's a bitch, right? (laughs) Yeah, and as much as we uh, were hoping for a... Winnipeg Blue Bomber beatdown of the Hamilton Ticats. Didn't quite go that way. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, the only the third Grey Cup game to go to overtime. And uh, Winnipeg... Fourth. Fourth, fourth. fourth okay. Yeah. Winnipeg came out on top 33-25. to 25. I, think it, I think this way was better, though. Because... <laughs> If you go back through the tape, you'll be able to hear the exact mo- you'll see the exact moment where about 20,000 fans collective hearts ripped in half. I think you got to see them you know hear them ripped in half a couple times. <laughs> well, and, no. The, the ones that didn't rip in half went to a local bar and punched out flat screen televisions. That's a good point. You reminded me of Ralph Wiggum in the episode. <laughs> that's why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess choose me. <laughs> we'll 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 get to why that that guy punched out a flat screen TV, a seventy wow. five inch flat screen. That's not a cheap one either. Nope. No. No. Uh, we uh, saw essentially the, at least from the um, the Tie Cats point of view, the Exact opposite as far as their their quarterbacking. Um, Dane Evans really couldn't get anything going. He got hurt. Jeremiah Mazzoli comes in and goes 80, 80%, only 185 yards, but two touchdowns. 
Yep. Zach Caleros wasn't great. 240 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Um, not, you know, rushing game was, you know, what we had expected. The, uh, the Bombers didn't quite get Andrew Harris to go completely off. Um, he came on late in the game, 18 carries, 80 yards. Uh, Don Jackson on the other side, 11 carries, 59 yards. Um, yeah, not, and this was mainly a defensive game, really, despite the score being 33 to 25. Yeah. You know, it, that there wasn't a ton of offensive stars in this, really. Well, there was, uh, there's a period of time at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth, where our worst nightmares were potentially going to come to light. Yeah. And then uh, Winnipeg with the wind in the fourth. Did what they needed to do. Yep. Um, and Hamilton needed somebody with a with the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this the way this game started. Honestly, it really felt like watching the East Final again. Um, Winnipeg comes out, and you know, let's just kick field goals and singles, and Hamilton comes back and scores touchdowns, and then Winnipeg realized they can play football, and then scored some touchdowns and took advantage of turnovers turnovers and what some are calling an ill-conceived rouge. There are theories on both sides. Mm -hmm. There are theories on both sides as to why that they took that the way they did. Um, I don't agree with it, but Michael Shea obviously did. But he got the win. I mean, what is he? What is he going to do? Say no? That was a stupid, stupid mistake. No, he's not going to throw it as friend <laughs> former. Te- he's not going to throw his friend former teammate under the bus. No, that's not Michael Shea's style. No. <sighs> and apparently, according to the news report, that's that knee. In the end zone, with the uh, time winding down that made it a three-point game, uh, Hamilton down three points. That's what got the seven, 75-inch uh, flat-screen TV in end zone sports bar and grill in Hamilton smashed by a disgruntled Ticats fan. So it wasn't – it was punched when that play happened or – that's what the news report is saying. Whether oh. or not that's exactly when it happened or not, don't know. But well, they, they would have the time on the surveillance camera and match it up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So and and for those who were too drunk to remember the game, because if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously watched the game. Um. Yeah, it was that knee that uh, 
was a, it was a, a, very strange. I know they did it for field position, but to the wind. It, yeah, it put them. Uh, it put them a position three to points talk. back. Yeah. Normally, that's not something you want to do. But um, then in overtime, Winnipeg got their touchdown on the first opportunity. And Jeremiah Mazzoli throws a volleyball pick. You know what? Just I don't like, necessarily blame Mazzoli on that one. I no, think I that, was, that was, was a good play by Winnipeg. Yeah. I call it volleyball pick, right? They bounced around a few guys. Yeah. And um, just like that, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the first team to be back-to-back champions since the 2009-2010 Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, I don't talk about that team. <laughs> but uh, I wonder why that is. <laughs> you know, uh, Winnipeg was clearly the best team in the CFL this year, and... Uh, they definitely showed it on we Sunday. Have, we would have had him if we were in the game. Yeah, well, we weren't, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah but uh, all the indications are that the Grey Cup Festival in Hamilton itself was lots of fun. And uh, people enjoyed themselves. Yeah, the scale down seemed, seemed like a, a, a big success and uh, a... Yeah. Very good warm-up for 2023, because it's coming back to Hamilton then. It is. And I've I've already been asked if I want tickets for Christmas, and I said yes. That didn't take long, did it? (laughs) No. Well, had tickets to this one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Unforeseen circumstances, COVID, um, um, <laughs> did not allow champ. me to. Yeah. Did not allow me to go and uh, did not allow anybody in my family to go. So, mm. and I don't think my, my parents want to be, or my, my father wants to be in Saskatchewan in November. So he's opted for 2023 as a replacement. Uh. Oh, okay. He's no longer hardy to sit outside in November? No, that left him uh, probably about seven or eight years ago, shortly before they bought their house in Mexico. And any real hardiness for the cold was destroyed after he spent six winters in Mexico. So, <laughs> there you, well, there you go. My seventy-two-year-old, two-year-old father is just not not the uh, grizzled Saskatchewan veteran that he once was. Ah. Well, the game was nice to see the Titans yeah. lose. And you know what the. Uh... Yeah, it was a it was a good game, you know, for all the shit 
see if I was tagging during the week and uh you know onward to 2022 yep and in 2022 the Argos are going to need to fill some positions uh, they've done that with some they've they've added some players but uh they have officially Officially parted ways with uh, Mr. Murphy. Don't let the door hit you and whatever the expression is. Fuck that. I want the door to hit him. (laughs) That language deserves to be hit by the door. And anything else that might fall on you on the way out. Yeah. Something, something, something. Shovel to the head. Something. Yeah. Fucked up with this, though. I mean, I mean, the whole thing was kind of working because Pinball was officially the GM, but you know he was doing all the publicity, PR stuff, and he had charismaless John Murphy as the de facto GM who could do his job in the background and not have to do any of the public stuff, which uh, yeah, which obviously he's not very good at. But now the Argos are probably like pinball's role or job description is going to have to change here because mm-hmm. he's not a personnel guy. Not to say he doesn't have any connections or or anything like that, but you know the meat and potatoes of it, I don't think he knows. I, know. I, he's he's not a guy that's that's going to go out and do the scouting and all that stuff that. A GM really does. So, mm. you know, I I think his role will change. His title will change. Yeah. Um, it should be president. Let's let's be. As yeah. Bill Manning said, "What goddamn thing this year? Might as well be invisible." Yeah. Or the they'll. They'll find some title for pinball, but I think they're just still. I think he's still trying to put out the fire that was the Toronto FC season. (laughs) Yeah, that was. You fuckers should be relegated to the U to the USL. Period. (laughs) That was bad. That was bad. Um. Yeah, so Murphy's on his way out. We're looking. For a VP of player personnel and yeah. and or a actual general manager, um, possibly somebody who can do both jobs. Yeah, if people kept throwing Chris Jones names out there, I don't really want to have. I leave Chris Jones see, as a DC and a player personnel guy. It just seems. See, and then you, and then you see the, you know, the tweets every, every, from. You see the tweets from people like Derek Dennis, who, um, you know, had dealings with uh, with Chris Jones and uh, John Murphy was his was the player personnel director in um, in Saskatchewan. Yeah. You know, making making all the player moves and all that stuff for Chris Jones. So I'm not sure if he's qualified. If he's as qualified as his resume shows he is. 
he probably is a lot more qualified to do that than a lot of people, but I don't know. Would would you would you have somebody who has more say in the players that are going to be on your team than your head coach does? Exactly. As some like that's a that's an awkward way to make things work. That's almost like a Buddy Ryan, Mike Ditka situation there. Yeah. Vince Bagri's name's been thrown out there, so maybe what they'll do is Vince Bagri is more of a Canadian specialist. Yep. You know, do something. Vince Bagri handles the Canadian stuff and get Guy with the connections down south. Yeah. You know, I think it's. I think that's going to be probably the most intriguing part of the offseason for Toronto and I hope they figure that out. I know they wanted to want to get that underway as soon as possible so that they can have a regular offseason. I don't know that the Argos have had a regular offseason for a long time. Mm. Um player signings. We actually did sign some players. Um we they announced uh mm. Technical extensions for um, Canadian wide receiver Sam Baker, who uh, deferred his uh, rookie year to go back to CIS with the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. Um, but they, so they've uh, extended him. They've extended wide receiver Cam Phillips, um, American DB Tervarius Fadden, and uh, signed Canadian fullback. Joe Carbone and American linebacker Tony Jones. Don't know much of those guys uh, other than Sam Baker is was stud. Stud. The Argos signed some dudes. Yeah. Uh, Sam Baker hopefully can uh, can make the transition to this to the pro the Canadian pro game. He definitely showed he can do it at the CIS level or U Sports, whatever the hell they're calling it now. U Sports. I still, I, I still call it the CIAU every once in a while. I remember it being the CIAU for a long time. Oh yeah, I was like that when uh, when I was playing minor football and going to the games. Well, we did the great cop. We talked about the the personnel moves. Um, Gotta love this exhibition stadium light, right? What? No, Will is in off season mode. For everybody who's listening, he's watching um, Edmonton and Toronto. Yeah, nineteen eighty-eight. <laughs> he's reviewing old Argo games. Yep, and the exhibition stadium scoreboard was like a light bright. <laughs> yeah, but in nineteen eighty eight that that was a damn good you know Well, we were one year away from the Jumbotron. Which Less was than a year away from the Jumbotron. Which was just a you know, slightly fancier light bright. Yes. <laughs> fancier light bright, that was more like a it's actually it was actually the one of the it was the biggest the television in the 
like the Western Hemisphere for a long time. Yep. Until they started making. Uh oh, Lance Thomas' deal goal is wide. Oh well, speaking of Argos, uh, we got a uh, little bit of uh, unexpected news from the Argos and the rest of the CFL today. The 2022 schedule was dropped yeah, today. Yeah, they don't introduce that like February. No, they've been going. They've been going earlier the last couple of years. And I you think, know, that, yeah, what? I mean, I guess it's the. I mean. Hard to forget, Grey Cup just ended, but yeah, it's December. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like they're 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 getting you know on par with a lot of other leagues that you know as soon as the championship game is played, the schedules are announced. Yeah. So they got to get with it. Yep, and that they did. Um, The Argos have a very interesting schedule. Um, That's putting it mildly. (laughs) We we have a bye week in week one, week five. And where else are we here? Week 15. And week 15. We start off with one, two, three, four. (laughs) Start off with Montreal. On uh, June 16th, on a Thursday nighter, and uh, we play a lot, a lot of games in the summer. Um, yes, at home. Yeah. Which concerns uh, me slightly, but seven, seven of our nine home games are before, before Labor, Day. Labor Day, and one of those games is going out to. To, uh, a neutral site, which is likely going to be the East Coast again. So there, so, so all uh, Rough Rider fans out here are not going to get to see Saskatchewan come into Toronto. They're going to have to go out with them to wherever they're going to be playing. Well, I'm sure there's a big pile of you out east anyway, so it's there, so they can just relay the information to you. Yeah, like I said, like I've always said, Saskatchewan's biggest export has always been people. Mm-hmm. Five members of the Gertler family. And um, then in the middle of our schedule. We play Hamilton a shitload of times. Play Hamilton home and home. Then we welcome Calgary, then another home-and-home versus Hamilton, ending on Labor Day. That's... That's ridiculous. Yeah. I feel like that's a little overkill. That is massive overkill. You know, like, I understand the, you know, the standard game, Labor Day, and you want the home-and-home around there. Although I do like the the it to be in the Labor Day and then the rematch right after that. That's how it should be. Mm. But they're not doing that this year. Um, we get them before Labor Day. 
So Labor Day well, is essentially the rematch. Yeah. They sometimes try. I mean, they, I think they, they, they try to get Hamilton in here during, or back in the day, they tried to get Hamilton in during the X as much as possible. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're doing that, you know, assuming that the X is, uh, is going to take place. Yeah, weeks weeks eleven and twelve are going to be your C and E games. So yeah, yeah week eleven yeah. against Calgary, and then week twelve against them. And you uh, know our our friend uh, Ben from the X's and Argos kind of uh, summed it up pretty well. Um, yeah, he did it. He did it. He did it. Yeah, it was very succinct. His yeah, his analysis of the schedule. So we don't leave Ontario between July twenty fourth to October. Um, and uh, so and we you know obviously play Hamilton. Four times, as he he agrees with, it's excessive. Uh, four straight road road games, and uh, seven of eight road games before we uh, host Montreal on the fin- on in week twenty one to end the season. Montreal. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Why not? I mean. Cold Will's not happy with this schedule. <laughs> Even though what? Cold Will gets many warm games, I don't Cold. like the fact that there's two home games after Labor Day. We're going to have yeah. to bank those points early. But, I mean, but I mean, like, to me, this seems like an inversion of, like, the 2015 Argo schedule. Where it was heavily backloaded. But yeah. then Jay's made the playoffs and kicked us kicked us out. Yep. Pricks. But in this case, this time it's it's just heavily front loaded this time. And now and then we gotta spend the final half of the season pretty much all on the road except for two games, one against BC and one against Montreal to close yeah. the season out. We actually yeah, we actually start and end the season against the Owls. It's not too bad. And then the the Grey Cup uh, this year in Saskatchewan is going to take place on November 20th. And they always like to do it a week early if it's in Saskatchewan. Not only that, that, there's a big tractor convention or something going on the following week. (laughs) You've the Acrodome. Yep. And the, the surrounding... Um... I do, it, conventions and Everest places, I guess it's now called. Get your combine, get your combine. Check, check out the latest. Check out the latest John Deere motors. Hey, those things make they are expensive. But at least they're painted the right color in, for Saskatchewan. Yeah. Because well, I, I, I think because I think the colors interchangeable with the uniforms anyway. Well, there. I mean, John Deere is is uh, green and yellow, so they're a little bit more Edmonton facing. But um, I mean, I mean the green though. Yeah, the green is yeah, on the gr- point. The green is the right green. Yeah, the green um, is on point. 
But if secondary color, not so much. If you're talking tractor conventions, and I mean, you're, you're definitely going to have uh, um, case in there. That's a that's the next biggest one. Mm. Um, Kubota is probably going to be out there. Kubota, because they're trying to get more into the the heavier end. Uh, I don't know if they're into the the combines and stuff yet, but they're definitely into the the, the loaders and all those things. Mm. Um, who else did you did you have? Um, not sure if Holland is still Holland is still around. They used to run Ford Motors. They're blue. Um, not sure if they're still around or not. There's there's one other one that I can't remember. Hang on, I'm gonna look it up now. <laughs> <laughs> Scary thing is, I didn't learn any of this in, when I was in Saskatchewan. I, I learned this from having an uncle-in-law who's a farmer. Oh yeah, yeah, Holland's still around. Yeah, Case yep. IH, John Deere, Kubota. We forgot the biggest one, Cat. Yeah, but they're they're more heavy machinery. They don't do a lot of the uh, they do the loaders and the and things, but they don't do the the combines and the um, the sprayers and the spreaders and all the different heads you can get put on those things. Hmm. Yeah, but some but I mean some of the other ones might be running cat engines though. Yeah. So it, that's about my extent of uh of of my farm equipment knowledge. Mm. Oh my god, there's I I just did a I just did oh my god. I just did a I just did a search for oh. <laughs> for tractor companies. The first, I just did a control F to see which ones were in Canada and for the the second one that popped up was Cockshut Plow Company. Oh, sounds English. Uh. Honestly, it was they they were based in Brantford. Yeah, the, the, let me guess. They've been around for a while. Uh, they were. Mm, Brantford <laughs> is in a not a. <laughs> Brantford, F E R D, Ferd. <laughs> wow, some people in Brantford uh, prefer it called Brantford. At that point, you go the Ford of Brant, but either way, they're all well. Well, if you don't, if you, if you, at one point, if you didn't say it as Brant, Brant Ford, they would automatically fire you from the radio station. Oh dear! <laughs> Please, no bitter. Damn right, I'm bitter. I'm even more pissed off that I was that I'm that I was extremely pissed off for being fired from a job that when I did. Did out the the hourly um, the hours that I worked at that job and made less than minimum wage. What a bunch of pricks! <laughs> yeah, that's how radio worked. But uh, there was one other little bit of news that came out um, right before Grey Cup. The uh, the CFL has entered into an agreement with a company called Genius Sports. Um, they are a sports data and global technology um, company. Conglomerate. Uh, conglomerate. 
they actually have deals with uh, many leagues around the world, um, including the the NFL and the uh, the EPL in in Europe. Um, so what it, what essentially they're they're giving them is a ten uh, percent stake in in revenue generated through their fan engagement and media research arms. Uh, so they'll take 10% of the league's revenue. Um, it's a big significant stake. It's a big stake. Yeah. But I mean, at least, mm-hmm. at least they, they made sure that it's the, the league's portion of the revenue and not, and, uh, and it's not the, the team's portion. I think they had a little bit of trouble doing that. Um, the Genius Sports works with a lot of um, different uh, sports books and uh, media companies in North America and around the world. Uh, so they're uh, yeah they they should they should uh, be a nice help. I was wondering, like, what is the significance of this? Like, what exactly are they going to be doing? Um, Helping. <laughs> with what? Well, youngins. <laughs> that, that that how? From what from what I, I from what Clay just told us, then they that's more the gambling side that if uh, than trying to attract the young people. Well, it's uh, they've. They've done. They do. The gambling side is one of their their bigger, more flashier things that they do. But they're they're essentially a big data science company, and so they'll they're they're able to break down um, your audience and then uh, break down further, you know, the, and then help push out the engagement to that and using all kinds of uh, other things that are out there. Um, you know, they, they own um, a company called Second Spectrum, Fan Hub, uh, SportsCast. Um, so, it, and it's going to, the other thing they're going to be doing is uh, the live broadcast augmentation internationally. So well, what we had before was, you know, we had, you know, a distribution partner that, that we used internationally, which was basically the CFL doing certain things with a, a um, I believe it was uh, Bright Cove um, supplied the engine. But this is a, a company that um, will actually do the marketing uh, for the CFL in the various markets all over the world. Um, figure out what works, what doesn't work, and and do all that work that the CFL just does not have the manpower to do. Okay, so this is, so this could be a good thing then. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh. The other thing when you go into the you know cross-platform streaming capabilities, um, digital <clears throat> play-by-play, scoreboard data collection. Um, they've even got coaching analytic products. So and you know, one of their, their, like we said, the, their, one of their big partners is the NFL. And if the NFL is uh, hiring an outside company to help with uh, their 
their stuff, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a, it's the right company. Mm. So hopefully mm. this is uh, something that works out. Hmm. Um, and all that's that's uh, it's slated to be effective uh, in January. Okay. So. All right. So this. So maybe we'll finally. Maybe we'll finally see some uh, improvement, possibly to the TSM broadcast, where they finally start getting things like what the NFL does, where they actually have the stats on the screen as the play is going on. Hmm. Yeah, that would be nice. I think that's more of a TSM thing, but they'll have that available to them. They're going to concentrate more on uh, the U.S. and international markets as far as um, uh, marketing to audiences and stuff like that. But I think a lot of their data and capabilities, and I feel like I'm just rambling off a bunch of buzzwords. So you'd be perfect for commissioner then. <laughs> you blow a lot of hot air. Yeah, well. I mean, when you think about it, when, when you if you if you go and apply for it, you probably only have to fight perhaps for Ash Madani for it. Trash. <laughs> Just saying. Look. <laughs> Seven-year-old. <laughs> could win that fight. So, 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 who's the younger of you two? Who's who's the younger of you two? <laughs> That'd, That'd be cool. fun. Kurt, Curtis. Curtis is twelve. Yeah. So he, still, he's got he's got, a, he's got the rash beat. Easy. Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyway, enough enough of ragging on that. Let's let's continue. <laughs> Well, that's what all the news I have right now. Yeah. Well, mm. anyway, yeah, but back to the schedule. There was a couple of quirks that I noticed about the schedule. Quirks? Okay. Yeah. So one of them is if you take a look, weeks 14 and 16, we play Ottawa in Ottawa twice. Huh. In, like yeah. with with a with a bye week in between. <laughs> That's so, odd. Play Ottawa one Saturday afternoon. Yeah, on the tenth. Come, come home to practice, and then we go play them uh, again on the twenty fourth. <laughs> but this time it's seven p.m. We can go to both games. Ideally, we could. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, but I, I, you know what? I haven't taken in a road game since uh, since Labor Day in '19, so I would like to take in a road game. Ottawa's a good choice for a road game, I think. Ottawa, yeah, my kids, my kids like that stadium. They've been there. I haven't been there since it was Lansdowne. But so, so before, so you, so you haven't, so you haven't been there since they've rebuilt the South. No, 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 I haven't. Okay. Um, so, but, so it really is a nice facility, though. Oh, I that's every, I, everything I've heard is uh, you know agrees with that. Um, 
the last the well, the only other game I've seen there was a, was an Argos win. So, <laughs> so uh, I will. Every yeah, I mean, th- that that or I was looking at the the Montreal game, but it is in October. So, yeah. and that that would be unpredictable. Yeah, and honestly, you never know what the, te- the weather's going to be like then. Mm. September, you can pretty much figure it out. Yeah. Late October, never know. Mm. We'll see. We'll see which which one the 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 wife will uh, want to, which city the wife will want to go to more. My guess is probably Ottawa. Another another thing I noticed, like this schedule. We all know it's very, very East heavy, very 401 heavy, right? And it hasn't really been like that since, like, the 1960s. No. Because they only only really started doing interdivisional play back in, in like, yeah, like 61. Huh. And back then, I think it was like only what fourteen game schedules, Will? Um, in the East, at least, yeah. Yeah. Because there were a few years where the East did fourteen and the West did sixteen, but I'm not sure if the East, the West, had gone to sixteen by that point. Hmm. You mean the East going to sixteen? No, no, no. Yeah, no. The East didn't go to sixteen games until 1975 or 76. But yeah. there were a few years where the West had gone to 16. Oh, and the okay. East stayed at 14. Hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, 1981 so. was the first year they had the full interlocking. You know what, though? I'm kind of. You know, it, if we didn't have the massive amount of. Tie cat games in a row, you know. I I don't think I'd have I don't have too many problems with this schedule. You know, the end of the year is going to be tight. We got to get our wins early. Mm-hmm. But but and it is a CFL. You really never know which teams are going to be the uh, the better teams from year to year. Sometimes. Well, I'm sure they'll be figuring that out starting February. Yep. Once the free, once we hit the free, once we hit the annual CFL tradition of, okay, everyone, everybody in the pool. All right. Everybody throw your keys. Everybody throw your keys in the bowl. (laughs) Teams, refish around and see what you pick out. And that's your team for next year, because that's the way the CFL's been. Yeah. They, re- I mean, they really got to... F- I mean, I know they're coming up... Uh, there is labor negotiations coming up. They really got to fix that. Yeah. And, you know, it's... It was... It was an issue before they instituted those one-year contracts. Um. But the one-year contracts really, really exacerbated that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think we need to, you know, teams need to start 
offering three and four year contract through five year contracts again. Cause you just don't see that anymore in the CFL. No. In my opinion, that would be the best thing to do. Cause then at least that way it'll allow fans to get to know the players to actually yeah. have a favorite player. Yeah. And not have that favorite player jump Bugger. from team to team to team yeah. to team. Yeah, and do and do the and do the Kevin Glenn circuit in record time. Yeah, we don't want that. And I'm and pretty I sure think, the players the players don't want that either. I'm pretty sure. No. And I think they need to start by uh, offering um, Sean Oakman a four year extension. Minimum four years. Uh, I would all star. Yep. Along with Chris, <laughs> yeah, that was a bit awkward. Along, along with Chris Edwards, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, who the Argo fancast unanimously no longer wants on the team. No, I think they vote on that before the like the, the yeah, yeah yeah yeah. They just announce it at at that time. Yeah. So. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. Three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing it? Oh, man, did we have a shitpost party on the Argonaut subreddit? <laughs> we had a pretty good shitpost party, I'm not going to lie. I mean, going from crying Jordan-faced tigers... To the Tiger Cats being socially distanced from the Grey Cup since 1999, it's it, it was great. <laughs> it was absolutely great. And I mean, one of their other one of their other ones is like, yeah, when I put they just lost a Grey Cup, one one guy put their fans must be spitting mad. <laughs> oh, I there. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought. I thought terrible, but funny at the same time. Um, I think guys, we should be picking a player of the year. I mean, I have my idea for a player of the year. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's go offense, defense, and Boris Beattie. (laughs) Because <laughs> that, that ultimately is my player of the year. No doubt about it. Blows everybody else out of the water. Yeah. Because without um, because without him, we aren't nine and five. We would probably be like a lot six. Worse. Yeah, we'd be worse. Much worse. All right. Well, Boris Beattie, player of the year. Argo's MVP. I don't like most outstanding player. I like MVP. <laughs> most valuable to your team. Um, offensive MVP, defensive MVP. I know for me, there for defense, there's a lot, but I'm, I would pick Sean Oakman. I was leaning Sean Oakman as well. 
Um, but since you picked him, I'm going to say um, – I'm going to go Dexter McCoyle. Very solid choice. Now, um, I'll go Shaq uh, Richardson. I was I was going to say, as we have to pull Will up from 1988 for a brief moment. <laughs> well, Reggie Pleasant is, is sliding <laughs> in pain on, on the on the Exhibition Stadium turf. <laughs> <laughs> he just passed and interfered with Henry Gizmo Williams. Shaq um, Richardson's my offensive MVP. Yeah. Okay, offensive MVP, Will. Early Gittins Jr. Mm. That's who I was going to go with, too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit more on, on offense, to be honest. it's I don't know. I can't pick McLeod. Not after the way he played after the trade. He was... He was too inconsistent. He looked like yep. he was in his in his head too much. He was he was doing too much thinking, not enough doing. Until yeah. the times where they simplified everything for him and they said just go and do this. And he went and did that and those and he looked great on when he really needed to, but he looked not great a lot of other times. Well, I if since you pick Curly Gittins Jr., I'm going to have to go on the offensive line and go uh, Peter Nicastro. Mm. Somebody I didn't expect to uh, play a extremely vital role on this team. Um, and he really did. He was, by and all, one of the the best linemen that we had. Yeah, Doug, I mean, he, he was spectacular. This was his rookie year too. He was spectacular. Yeah, I'm gonna get toughed around due to injuries. Mm. Yep. Well, mm. making it tough for me on this one. Um. I'm split between DJ Foster and Ricky Collins Jr. But si- but since we haven't given uh, since we haven't given the runners any love, I was going to give it to DJ. Okay. Because I thought I thought he was spectacular in the in his first season. Yeah. Yeah. Great as a receiver, he may not quite be a, a number one running back, but. He made he made yeah. me a hell of a he made me a hell of a lot of points of fantasy this year. That's why. I <laughs> <laughs> well, he did have some valuable touchdowns. And... Yeah, I, I think he, he's 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 not there yet as far as the guy, but he's damn close. He showed he's got the tools to do it. Yep. Um. Not always making the right choice, but I think that that's going to come with experience. Mm. You know, slightly different reads in the CFL than what you would make in the in the American down south. And he seemed to be getting those a little bit better and making himself extremely versatile as a as um, a receiver as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's why I'm that's why I would pick him. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. What else? Um. So yeah, we've got our so yeah we got our player of the year, but I think our unanimous choice. I think all three of us, like if we were to pick just overall. The MVP of this Argos team was Boris Beatty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, exactly. So. And so far, the MVP of the off season for the Argos has been Boris Beatty's son. If you've seen his uh, Instagram videos, he posted one video where he's uh, he's practicing kicking in a in a bubble, and all you see is his son walk over to the camera. And crouch down and and just smile right in front of it. And then today his son was running on a treadmill with him. And I think his son is just freshly walking. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he he can't. He's uh, he's not two years old yet. So that's great. <laughs> that is awesome. And, uh, okay, so I'm just trying to think, what else? What else? You know what, I think let's... The hill is starting, starting to... <laughs> settle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Will's yeah. accidental... Nighttime uh, cold pill that he took. <laughs> yeah, um, I... Th- I- I think let's close this off with tweets from Kazakhstan because there was some yeah. beauties, yes. an awful lot of beauties. Yes, in yes, in Kazakh. Um, my favorite from still is uh, when he quoted the CFL, um, noticing about uh, the Thai cats utilizing. Ice Cube as a uh, spokesman, which we mentioned last week, is uh, fresh out of their cameo account. They paid him for it. Um, But he quoted it and uh, said, Ice Cube can't find Hamilton on a map. I can't even find Hamilton on a map. Um, the other one that, that I liked and, uh, and is, uh, we should not laugh or make fun of the Hamilton team. You can jump with only one leg, like a goat, mm. three legged rash. <laughs> uh, but I think, and, and, and I think that three legged rash is the, is the the new chant for 116. <laughs> well, a lot of I, a lot of people are going to be awfully confused when we start saying that. We're going to be an awful lot of confused people are going to be like, "What the hell?" Are you? <laughs> yes, but it'll be funny. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, we'll 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 film it and put it on Twitter for our friends from Kazakhstan. I think, but I think my favorite one was very simple because 
because I could actually see someone doing this. Hamilton fans, you can get emotional support from my yak. <laughs> An emotional support yak. Imagine, like, imagine you have to go somewhere and you got this fucking big ass yeah <laughs> a yak that you're taking with you imagine trying to get on a plane with that it's like uh sir <laughs> you might have to buy a couple rows <laughs> sir you're you're we're gonna have to check that thing sir <laughs> but it's my emotional support yak he's my he's my emotional support yak <sighs> that was my and favorite. That was my the, favorite one. The the other one that uh, the gif that he replied to the double blue order when you uh, posted the video about uh, a beautiful Sunday. Yeah. And <laughs> tonight I'm gonna party like it's 1999. Do 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 do. See, I, I was playing that before Beautiful Sunday, actually. <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I was playing that before. So Now, if you guys haven't already gone and followed Argonauts fans from Kazakhstan, simply at Argonauts fans. And Google Translate works beautiful mm. well it's serviceable at least look it, I, I if it the actual translation is more eloquent than or makes is a little bit more logical I don't want it <laughs> I, I like the, the illogical half eloquent half what the fuck it makes, it makes it more fun. That does it for the Argos fan cast. Will, where can they find you? Mm, they can find me in bed. <laughs> Hibernating for the next little while until until you get woken up and uh go to work. <laughs> or 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 head to Florida, whichever comes first. Oh no, that's not happening this at least no. this month. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And Doug, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find my group, The Double Blue Order, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Double Blue Order, on Twitter at Double Blue Order, on Instagram at The Double Blue Order. Get your merch including the law firm t-shirt while supplies last. Cause I don't know. Is he a free agent this year? Do, yes. <laughs> yes. He, he is. is. So get them while supplies last at double blue order. CA. And you can find me at all kinds of clay on the Twitter and Instagram machines. You can find the Argos FanCast at Argos FanCast on Twitter and Instagram and anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos FanCast or directly at theargosfancast.podbean.com. That does it for 2021 on the Argos FanCast. 
We'll talk to you next time. There's some Argos news or possibly in the new year with our free agent preview. Well, that's my cue.